In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Slash afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way from across the pond, is the ghost finder general himself, Mr. Richard Felix. Good evening, all. Good afternoon. How are you doing? And you are broadcasting live from uh, Derby Jail. You absolutely got it in one. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually standing in one of the many haunted prison cells down at Derby Jail because my son cut through our telephone cables today with a digger. <laughs> you know what, Richard? Last time you broadcasted in a haunted uh, location, you got a visitation, if you remember. Uh, listen, don't do this to me because you know... <laughs> you know I'm frightened of ghosts, and, and I have uh, um, I have seen a ghost in in this jail. And the amazing thing was that when I saw a ghost in the jail, I was on the phone. Really? Quentin, oh yeah. I think not. So standing in the same position, actually, this is the gospel truth. Standing in the same position as I am now, looking in, at a window um, in one of the cells here, where the, where the, the phone is. Uh, 20 past three on a Friday afternoon, and this grey, hazy ghost came down past me. So I'm not looking forward to this. Wow. And, uh, and I tell you something, if, if it happens, you'll all hear the scream, and I'll, I'll be out of here, mate. Julie will have to come and rescue you. She will. She will. She, she nearly had to come and rescue me last time it happened. But she was on the phone. She actually rang me back after it had happened. And uh, said to me, uh, uh, Richard, I want you to get a load of... Uh, I said, well, first thing I said was, I've just seen a ghost. And, and she said, oh, come off it. She said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm all right, but I have just seen a ghost. And she said, I want you to get a load of glasses out and uh, put, put them in boxes because we, that's what I've rung you about. I said, you are joking, aren't you? You don't think I'm going to stand here? And anyway, she said, don't be so stupid. And uh, the whole time I was putting the glasses in the box, I actually left the phone off the hook that there was someone still there, and I kept going back over to the phone saying, I'm all right, I haven't seen it yet. Honestly. Yeah, well, I, all I can think of is that last podcast we did, I get which you were at a bar or something, right, a pub? That's right. And, and so yeah, absolutely. The old, um, and, and things have happened since, Ron, because we've literally only just um, started the, the night. The night we broadcast from there was the first night that we actually did um, the Derby Ghost Walk finishing, finishing at that place called The House. Uh, where we feed everybody at the end of our ghost walks. And um, the, the number of things that have actually been reported happening 
since we, I mean, this, this isn't because we've moved there. I suppose it's because there are more people there noticing things. But uh, even my son Ed had, I saw a figure uh, in a similar, similar position to where that person said there was something standing behind me. So it's all, it's kicking off. I and love nobody, it. Love it nobody has ever done a, an investigation there yet. Really? No, so we need to do, you better come over quick. Yeah, <laughs> before it's all done, huh? Yeah, too right. How's the book going? Uh, the book is doing excellent. Uh, sales are good. Uh, doing a lot of book science. I have uh, virtually 30 radio interviews from now to Halloween. Well done. I Fantastic. Will, I will be all talked out, I can tell you that. I'll bet. But you know what's funny, Richard, is I was on the MSN, and guess who I saw on MSN? Can't imagine. You, young man. No. Yes, absolutely. I like the young man bit. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> well, tell me more, tell me more. Honest God, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get the code for this and send it to Eric, but uh, yeah, on Video Jug, you were there about how can you tell if your hauntest house is haunted or something. Oh, yeah. You know, I did that in a, in a, yeah, very, I did it nearly, oh my goodness me, possibly two years ago. Um, I did a series of about four um, small mini mini sort of um, video clips, um, and I really enjoyed doing it. It's on MSN, is it? It has your face right on MSN. I went to the home page. There it was. It's like, oh my god, I know this guy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm doing next week. I'm on. Um, I'm on. A, we have a program in England. I don't don't know whether you get it on our channel five called the the Gadget Show. Really. Mm, and it's all obviously different. Obviously, it's all to do with gadgets. Um, and I filmed a, a piece uh, a fortnight ago for the Gadget Show, um, explaining, you know, obviously um, ghost hunting gadgets. And I'm actually on on the 26th of October, just before Halloween. So, uh, looking forward to that one. You know, so I'm back on the telly. Ah, uh, yeah, in one form or another. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, probably when you die, you'll you'll end up uh, showing up as a ghost on most haunted. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I tell you what, that would be great. I could haunt everybody, couldn't I? Oh. I, I actually, I actually got a. If that gone. she saw you in spirit, she would scream. <laughs> well, she would scream if she saw me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an. Do you know there's eight 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 nights of most haunted over Halloween? Eight nights. Eight nights. Yeah. What are they yeah. doing for eight nights? In Search of Evil. Really? Yeah, well, you know how I feel about that, don't you? Ah. Ah. You know what? Yeah. I, I, I have just been told that we have the audio from this video. Video. Do you want to play it? Well, if you don't, yeah, if, if people want to listen to it. All right, then why don't we uh, put that on? Ah, let's go for it. Eric. Richard Whee! Felix is an historian and paranormal investigator. Star of TV series Most Haunted, he also works with ghost hunting team Soul Seekers to try and uncover proof of paranormal activity. Step one, the haunting. You know if your home is haunted when things start happening that are, I suppose you could say paranormal. Um, strange things that you, you, you can't understand, noises that there is absolutely no explanation for, sightings of dark shadows or even figures when there's actually nobody else in the building. Most of the time when people see these things, the brain converts it straight to reality. It's when they do strange things like walking through the walls and disappearing, vaporizing, then you know you've got a problem. You've got a ghost in the house. Step two, be pragmatic. 
look at the normal before you even consider the paranormal. The door slammed shut, someone left the window open, the dark shadow that came out of the room, I'm sorry, it was your dad, he was looking for a pair of socks and all you did was get the, the, the dark shadow as it went out of the room. I promise you, at least eight out of ten ghosts can be explained. It's the other two you've got to worry about. Step three, types of ghost. Uh, you've got all sorts of ghosts that inhabit houses, obviously the ones that love the house and, and have decided to stay. Uh, you've got the others, of course, that are they're actually frightened to move on, and, and so they're actually still in the house. Or you've got those that are being disturbed in some way because you're doing something to the building that they don't like, because remember it was once their house. One of the most common is the recording. Um, it's nothing more than a recording of a tragic and traumatic event that is encapsulated into the fabric of the building. It's called the stone tape theory. That is not an entity, it is not an intelligence. There's the others, of course, that don't know they're dead. The young airman, 18 years of age, life in front of him, crashes into the ground at 350 miles an hour and all of a sudden, wham, gone. Where am I? What's happened to me? They actually don't know that they're dead. All of them need our help. Step four, don't be afraid. I don't believe that ghosts can hurt people. Um, the problem we have is that we're frightened of them. In my opinion, there is nothing to be frightened of. They're not appearing at the foot of your bed trying to frighten you. They're actually there because they're asking you for help. Step five, make contact. If you're bothered by the haunting, which I must be honest with you, most people aren't. They live with their ghosts. They give them a nickname. But if you are bothered, I actually recommend people to talk to it. It may sound ridiculous and far-fetched, but remember that it was once an entity, it was alive, it was an intelligence, so it's chosen to stay. You can talk to it and tell it what you want. Tell it that it's your house now and, and it, it needs to go. Or if you're happy with it being there, talk to it and say, look, I don't mind you staying, don't bother my children, don't bother me. Step six, removing the ghost. What you need to find is why is it still there? And can we help you in some way? Can we help you go on to where you should be? There are, of course, various bodies you can go to for help. The church, exorcisms, um, local paranormal groups that have got a good reputation, people that can actually clear a house of a spirit that, that needs help. Talk to the neighbours. Find out what happened in the house. Talk to the ghost yourself and, and try and find out. Because remember, the big thing is they shouldn't still be there. They should have gone to somewhere else. I think that's the okay. Wow, that was uh, interesting. But hey, you know what you said? You said something very interesting. You said ghosts can't hurt you. I, I would kind of like to disagree with that because I know you would. We did a <laughs> we did an event last Saturday at the uh, Hawthorne Hotel and. Uh, um, Salem, Massachusetts. In fact, uh, Patrick Burns was there and uh, Molly Gibson, a young uh, paranormal. Wow. Author. And she was watching a, oh, I was giving a demonstration of glass twirling, believe it or not. Yes. And all of a sudden, she got pushed from behind while she was standing up and her back was all scratched. Oh, really? And this is at an event. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, as we, we've discussed before, um, 
you know, I don't. I, I, I do believe there is evil because I, I know full well that people are of you. Um, I believe the vast majority aren't, um, but I still. I think you're right. I think that you know, if you've got someone that was evil when they were on this in this planet or in this life, then I presume when they go over, they're still going to be evil, and they probably do like pushing people around as they did. You know, as they did when they were alive, perhaps, and even hurting people and scratching them. You know what? Um, that's we, fascinating. Why don't we ask an expert? Why don't, why we, don't ask, we ask an expert? Dr. Matthew Smith, are you, are you there? there? I am here, listening intently. Are you there? How are you? I'm fine, how are you? Very well, I thank you. Very well. I thought it was good to say so we're this hearing man uh, is, is, talk well, very... Well, yeah, he, he needs to tell you what's been going on, because all manner of strange things are happening to him. Well, why don't you introduce him first for those in the States who might not know him? Yeah, my very good friend, Dr. Matthew Smith, associate professor, ex-associate professor yeah. of Hope University uh, in Liverpool. Uh, Matthew and I used to uh, sit many hours together on the sofa during the uh, Most Haunted Lives in the good old days, weren't they, Matthew? They were very interesting days indeed, as I always would describe things as being very interesting. But um, now I was listening to you, Richard, on that MSN clip saying, you know, about, about ghosts saying, don't be afraid and there's nothing to be frightened of. And here's you mm. saying you're in a place where it's supposed to be haunted and you're leaving the phone off the hook just in case something happens. So you don't obviously listen to your own advice about some things, nothing to be frightened of. <laughs> Ronald, if I could just in interrupt for one second. I'm having, I'm having problems with my phone. Um, I, I'm not hearing very well. I can it must hear be you, that ghost in that haunted cell. Well. I can hear you fine, Richard. Really? Oh, right. Okay, I'm, I'm having problems with Matthew. Um, can, Ron, can you hear oh, me? Oh, the voice of Eric. <laughs> voice of God. That's the man, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh... We are talking with uh, Matthew, Matthew, oh, Matthew Smith, who is a parapsychologist. I guess that's the proper title. Are you, and a doctor, I believe, as well, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a psychologist by training. And uh, one of my main research interests <coughs> for a long time has been parapsychology. So as Richard says, I um, worked with him on Most Haunted for a few years, where Richard typically was the historian and, I would say, believer, someone who was quite happy to think that Many of the experiences being reported could well have been paranormal, whereas I was tending to put forward the more conventional or sceptical explanation, thinking, OK, well, if people have these kinds of experiences, you know, as Richard said on his clip, let's look at what the possible normal explanations are before we consider a possible paranormal explanation. But I've always been interested in the, in the idea of parapsychology, and it's been one of my main research areas for the last, now, 15 years. Oh, wow. And now, when you were on uh, Most Haunted, uh, who was the medium? Um, well, there was a few mediums. That, that when I started, along with Richard, uh, obviously Derek Akora, the kind of mainstay of Most Haunted, one of the probably best-known mediums, uh, but also David Wells, Gordon Smith. Well, so you, uh, you work with the good ones, then, the, big, the, the top names in the mediums, I, I like to consider them, the A-list. <laughs> the A-list. Um, well, Derek was always very good at getting possessed. And right. he was probably the most entertaining one to watch. Um, but uh, I think as, as Richard kind of intimated there is that um, at the end of last month, I actually left my post at the university um, to pursue a rather unusual project, which is kind of in, down these lines. 
Um, because I'm trying to see if I can learn to be psychic. So I'm actually someone who's obviously quite sceptical, um, tend to prefer the more scientific approach to looking at these kinds of things. Um, but what I've decided to do is actually spend a year seeing if I can do what I do whatever you can to actually get the experiences that psychics seem to report. Because many of these people who claim to be psychic, um, whether it be mediums or clairvoyants, whatever it might be, will often say these are things you can develop yourself and that we all have some kind of ability. So I'm going to explore that firsthand by saying if I can become psychic. Well, I can He's come over to the other side, Rob. You know, you know what's funny is I never believed in psychics or anything, but uh, now I consider myself a dumb psychic, which means that I just know things. Uh, I have no training, no nothing, but just working in the paranormal and working with my... Uh, uh, cohort, uh, Maureen Wood, who's a transmedium, uh, it seems to have developed on its own. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you do become a psychic, Mr. Uh, Matthew, Dr. Matthew. Um, so that sounds really interesting. So you say in terms of being a dumb psychic, so you say in your, you've had experiences where working with mediums or others or sensitives, that you sometimes have an experience that you might think, oh, I seem to just be aware of something. Uh, that's that's a good way of putting it, yeah. And what, what, would be, what would be your explanation for that? Do you think that could be something like psychic? Do you think you are picking on something uh, that could be potentially paranormal or just making lucky guesses? I don't think it's lucky guesses because um, I really don't think about it. In other words, I'm not thinking, for instance, we, if we make contact with uh, a spirit and I will come up with a, a name or something and it, it just pops in my head and, and it, it just comes out, uh, basically. You know, I don't think about it. I'm not thinking, like, oh, I wonder what his name is or anything. Uh -huh. I'm working with Maureen. She's just doing whatever it is, and all of a sudden it pops in. Uh, there are many instances like that where uh, I just know things that, uh, that seem to be true. Okay. Well, that, that, that could be some hope then, because, again, that does seem to what a lot of people report is when they are picking up information let's say in quotes, psychically, that it does seem to be this sense of, you, it just comes out of, it seems to come out of nowhere, but you seem to have, have some information which you know you haven't generated yourself, or you don't feel as though you have, and then obviously on those occasions when you say something, and it just so happens that the name is correct, or it corroborates some of what somebody else has said, then yeah, it could be, it could be some kind of sort of psychic ability. So that's what we're going to see if over this year I can develop and have those experiences so that I can be more understanding of when people say, oh, I've had a psychic experience or I think I'm psychic. Um, and then the kind of an underlying point to it, uh, not only because I'm very interested in to see if that is at all possible and I'm willing to set aside my scepticism to explore that, um, but also to see then if at the end of that year, could I, if I have developed any ability, is to put myself forward for James Randi's Million Dollar Challenge. Because as many listeners will know, there has been this million dollars on offer for a number of years um, by the James Ramsey Educational Foundation. Um, this is mainly aimed at those people who, who are the big names in the paranormal world, the psychics and the mediums who make very strong claims. And the idea that obviously this million dollar challenge has been then, well, if you really do have genuine psychic ability, then take this challenge and there's a million dollars for the taking. And often as what has been, has been the claim is that um, given that that million dollars is still sat there unclaimed and no one's ever been able to pass the test to, to, to claim it, then Randy and others would say, well, that's very strong evidence suggests they don't really have any ability. 
Um, so it's really an opportunity to also explore that challenge and see if whether or not someone like me, you know, who at least is very familiar with the scientific testing of these kinds of claims, can I actually, like, like Richard suggests, go to the other side? Is that at all possible, first of all? <laughs> is it such a thing as possible? And then see if you can put yourself forward for the, for the challenge. So that's what the kind of underlying um, aim of the study is also. I think that's a, a great... Uh idea. Uh, I would love to see Randy Pratt with his million dollars. If he still has it, I mean, I would check him out first. Yeah, I mean, many for, yeah, I even, many, if, even if he didn't, you'd still make a million, Matthew, from, from doing it. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see, because lots of people over the years, you know, a lot of psychics and mediums, the big names, you know, when you do talk to them or you hear them being interviewed about, why, well, why have you not gone for that challenge? I mean, it's interesting why they don't go for them. You know, again, the skeptics will say because they don't have any real ability. They, they daren't be tested and, and be exposed as being fraudulent, is one argument. The psychics themselves will tend to say, oh, well, it's not a real challenge. And anyway, I don't think the million dollars even exists. Um, and it's interesting to sort of see that debate going on in terms of why people do or, or, or don't uh, want to be tested. And that's why I feel as though, well, they're coming from a scientific background, but willing to... You know, I'm really wanting to learn. I'm not doing this to debunk it. I want to find out whether or not it's possible to learn this stuff. And if so, then can you still get to the point where you can bring some of that kind of scientific background to think about, well, okay, then what, what ways would you actually get evidence that this stuff is real, if it's real? And hopefully at the end of that year, I have a far better idea rather than just based on experiments, which I do think, you know, you do learn a lot from, but you can only learn so much there's a lot you can think can be said for personal experience to say, well, if it's a time when I feel as though, like you say, they're wrong, when you get information which you know you haven't generated yourself, and if it seems to be very unlikely, if it's a guess or something, or if you get information which is right, then, you know, that could be taken as evidence that there is something like ESP or psychic ability, and there is something to some of these paranormal claims. I mean, isn't it, isn't it fantastic what he's doing, Robert? I think it's great. I think it's great. I, I can't see why it hasn't been done before. I mean, it's simply amazing. They've been waiting for Matthew to do it. That's why. Well, also, interestingly, the, the, the thing that kind of um, uh, brought it into focus earlier this year was it was about February, March of, of this year where I saw, um, I think it was actually on the uh, Bad Psychics website, they had, they, had had, you know, they, they passed on the announcement that the challenge was being withdrawn next year, in March of next year. Oh, really? Um, so they thought, okay, we've got a year. There's a year left on this challenge before it's never going to be there. So let's try and do it in this next year. Now, of course, that was back in about February of March with the idea that the challenge would have be finished and be no more after March of next year. Well, now we're into you know mid-October, um, and so therefore there's far less time. But fortunately, it seems to be that over the summer... Um, the James Ramsey Educational Foundation has actually announced that it that deadline is being lifted. So at least there's now, you know, I, I hopefully have a year in which to do it. It's not clear whether or not the, the deadline has just been extended or whether or not it's been lifted altogether. Uh, but also there's a few other challenges on the way because, for example, the, as I said, they are normally targeting the challenge at the big-name psychics. So in the States, you might have John Edwards, Sylvia Brown, uh, over him, and more so Yuri Geller, other names, even people like Derek Okora, any of the people who are, who are getting lots of media attention, they're the ones that they want to target with this challenge. So part of the challenge itself means that before 
um, you can be accepted to be challenged, to take the challenge, you would have some kind of media coverage beforehand and perhaps even have a scientist already support your claim. Because the idea is they want to not, you know, not, not have too many claims, as they have had in the past, from people who are quite clearly... Uh, deluded. You know, maybe they don't have any ability at all, or not a, a, any evidence to point to to say, "Well, listen to these people; they think I have some ability, so I think you should test me." So it's whether or not I can even meet some of the basic criteria for the challenge. But that's half the fun of it. You know, it's, it's just to find out whether or not I can uh, meet all the criteria, so I can actually be tested for that challenge. I, I've got so many questions. I don't. I don't think we're going to get it all in. You know, in 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 the. Um in the hour that well, we haven't got, we've got some, just over half an hour left, haven't we? But um, uh, where do we begin? I mean, uh, number one, have have you? Uh, I presume you've started practicing, have you? Um, well, I've done something. Just uh, we kind of launched the project at the end of September because that's when I left. And also interesting, the kind of thing behind this is that is, this isn't just me kind of taking a year out, or I haven't actually yet you know got any kind of funding to do this. This is like me deciding that I want to leave behind academia as a university and mm. you know do this because otherwise you just simply can't probably spend the time you'd need to to do whatever you need to do to develop this kind of whether it is an ability or to spend time nurturing it whilst also doing an academic job which would involve its own research and teaching and so on so at the end of september cool. is when i left that university post um and then at the end of that week i started by throwing myself completely at the deep end by actually going to a psychic fair and giving tarot readings. Even though I had had no training in terms of giving tarot readings, all I had done is essentially bought a tarot deck with a, a book which has the explanation of the different cards. So the first task really was to see if I could memorize what each of the cards is, is supposed to mean in terms actually, of you know, what, what interpretation. The first thing you ought to do is throw that book away because that's not true tarot reading. Go on, go on, tell me more. Uh, I actually do tarot readings. Uh, my, my partner does it, so we we do many radio shows. And in fact, we were on CBS Psychic Radio uh, for two hours, and we were doing readings. And all I had was a deck of cards, and I just opened the cards, shuffled them, and pulled them out, and gave whatever was uh, came to me when I looked at the card. No, then that, that's, that's exactly what I'm hearing from other people who, again, who would regularly give readings. You might initially kind of learn some basic understandings with t if you are doing tarot cards or there are things like angel cards and so on. Right. Um, but uh, the initial attempt was to say, well, by, by having furnished with that information, can I give, could I give readings which were comparable to what other people were giving? And it seems to be, by and large, I could. But then it does seem to be that... You, know, you, you do then have to start going with gut feeling. Is that, you know, like you say, you just look at a card and you may go on what the picture is or what you understand the basic meaning is, but then when you're giving a reading, you're building that up into something a bit more meaningful. And like you say, you're going with, whether it's a gut feeling, an intuitive feeling, whatever comes into your head, um, and it's trying to even develop initially that way of thinking, which is actually quite, I wouldn't say counterintuitive for me, but it's, it goes against my nature that's been conditioned through science where you don't just do that you have to kind of be quite analytical and logical and thinking it through so i'm trying to kind of drop that kind of thinking to do exactly you what you're saying go with your gut you actually have to rethink you have to be reprogrammed yes so it's some of that going on but i find it interesting you say that so yes it's so next time i will be trying to okay 
I know what they're supposed to mean. And on the, on the day in which I gave readings, it was those times when if I had a kind of gut feeling or just a thought came into my head, it was trying to encourage myself to, to say that. And a lot of people who give readings say that's what you need to do, is find ways in which you just trust that kind of instinctive, intuitive feeling that you have. Well, you're going to have to um, say what's on your mind, even if it sounds silly. Samantha, we have to take a break right now. We'll be right back after following messages on TojiNet and Pararex and Ghost Channel and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Miller X family. Hi, everybody. My name's Pete Dix, and I present the Beatles and Beyond radio program. Why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond the next time it plays on this station? Because if you like the Beatles, you will love Beatles and Beyond. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Yeah, back to uh, listen to the Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on Toji Net, Pararec, Ghost Channel, and beyond. The number here, if you want to call in, is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. If you have a question for Richard, myself, or uh, Dr. Matthew, who is our very special guest today, uh, Matthew Smith, and you can reach us in the Toji Net and the Pararec yeah. So there you go. All right. Uh, what, basically, I, what, one thing I did want to say when we were talking about the tarot cards, they are more of as a, uh, a lens, a, a focus uh, for your basically your own reading. Yes. Again, that's what people seem to say is that they are useful, um, even if it's something where you're focusing some kind of psychic ability. Again, I'm still at the stage where I'm thinking. There's a huge amount of psychology in giving and interpreting readings. And again, part of, part of what I'm doing is trying to kind of tease apart how much of it is more conventional psychology, but still, still very interesting and still a lot to learn about why people might find psychic readings really helpful. But is there anything in there which is possibly psychic or paranormal or something else? So at the very least, I'm learning a lot about what they may mean. And yes, there is some sense of maybe there are some kind of focus so that the person just has something to look at. 
when and see what comes to their mind when they're looking at it. Um, and that's why it's also interesting things like that. Also, psychometry, where people are given objects, you take someone's ring or their keys or a watch or other item of jewellery from somebody and see if just holding that, can you essentially give some kind of psychic reading? Um, right. So I'm interested in all those different ways. And part of, part of you know, the, the first part is to see, well, can I do any of this stuff? Do I show any kind of talent for any of it? And, and can I develop it? Can I become better at it? And hopefully by doing that, you know, I'll have a better idea of if there is something there to get to, get to grips with. And has there been anything yet? Have you have you actually? I mean, obviously the the, uh, the tarot cards. You know, that's a, that's a good start. But I mean, for me, I mean, I, I've never ever um, picked up a tarot card in my life. I've never had a reading from anybody, so I don't even really <laughs> understand exactly what they are. But for me, I would have thought that sort of picking a card up, obviously having read the book and knowing that whatever picture is on it. Um, you know, that's that's a sign of death. That's a sign of good fortune. That's a sign. Of, so, mm, isn't isn't that isn't that just a, like a visual aid to help the the psychic tell people things that they want to hear? Um, again, that could be one interpretation. It could well be just that they are visual aids to either build together um, a reading based around some of the general things you'd want to include in a reading. So, in fact, you mentioned. Um, a death card, which is always people's kind of mm. favourite one they often know about. Um, and whenever it came up in a reading, I was quite keen at quickly to point out, oh, well, death, don't worry, it doesn't mean death. It okay. means change, okay. endings and beginnings, these kinds of things. Um, but, yes, yeah. it may well be that you then talk in a reading about the fact that the person is undergoing change. And it could well be, of course, you say it in such a vague way, most mm. people, if not everybody, will go, yeah, that, that would describe me because... I am going through some change at the moment, and that could be changes in a personal life, in your work life, um, in anything else at all. You think, yeah, I could make some kind of sense of it. And that's what I am trying to, at the moment, deal with in terms of, you know, is it something which is just um, a context in order to give fairly broad readings that people can mm. use to make sense of a situation in their life? So that's why I'm saying that there's definitely a large part of psychology there, um, yeah. but Ron may be able to suggest other times when you sometimes maybe give, if you do go with a gut feeling or you give a reading, you sometimes find that you sometimes seem to be more accurate than you think you would be. Now, again, there's a part of me thinking, is it just, just a coincidence? Is it just luck? Is it just one of those things? Or is there something else going on there? And that's always one of the difficulties you're faced with when researching parapsychology or any kind of way in which you're looking at, you know, people picking up unusual information or an information in a, in a way which is not clear there's always that possibility it's just a coincidence. So even if the medium goes into a haunted house, comes out with a name, then, then there's no chance or there's very little chance they may have been there before and have picked up the information anyway. But even if they say a name and it just so happens to coincide with the name of someone who lived there, just say a first name, then there's always that possibility that it could just be a coincidence. And you're always dealing with that, with that difficulty. And it's the extent to which you sometimes get information which is more than just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are tarot cards, forgive me, folks, for being ignorant on this business, okay. but are they not more for sort of um, telling the future rather than, than telling people what happened in the past? Um, well, interestingly, again, you get different opinions on that. A lot of people I've spoken to are tarot readers or do read would say, well, they would focus on the past and present. Uh, they, they don't do predictions and don't like the idea that if you give, if you read a, you know, if you do make a prediction for some of the next six months, then that in and of itself, by making that prediction, is going to affect 
the person because mm. if you tell somebody, oh, they're going to uh, come into money, then that may affect whether or not they enter competitions, go into the lottery, yep. work harder or not. So people tend to, well, some people I've spoken to tend to say, well, we don't quite like to predict the future too much. We try to help people maybe make sense of something that's happening in their life right now. Um, but I do think there's a lot of kind of um, complexities with tarot reading and its pitfalls and uses. I do, I'm coming to the kind of opinion at the very least. I think it has its uses. I think it could be therapeutically very helpful to people to make sense of a situation in their life. I don't yet yeah. know whether or not there's something in there which I'm willing to say there's something paranormal going on. Yeah. Unless, as Ron suggests, it may well be something where like tarot cards, like maybe just playing cards generally, if you use them, you use it as a focus to maybe tap into your own intuition. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting, uh, Richard, if you did have a reading to see whether or not, you know, you were impressed by it or whether you just thought it Can't was wait. just, just next random. Week, next week at um, our ghost fest, we must uh, definitely see what's going on. But I mean, oh dear, there's, there's a big difference, of course, between a psychic and a medium, isn't there? Uh, well, yeah, I think, Is again, that? That some people often say that, um, I think the usual sentence that sometimes uh, I hear mediums talk about, which, well, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Mm. If you buy, if you, if you buy into the fact that, you know, either of them are genuine, either of them are a bit real. So the idea of a psychic, suppose you're being psychic, is when you're picking up information through some anomalous sixth sense type way directly from another person or some events which is, you know, in the, in the, the material world, uh, whereas being a medium is an apparent ability to communicate Talk with spirits of the dead. And so, therefore, yeah. the, you know, part of being a medium, particularly a spiritualist medium, will talk about a spirit world and communicating with spirit. So the idea there is the information isn't coming directly from somebody else, whether it's through paranormal means or some other means. It's actually coming from some kind of spirit world. So, and that, to me, again, is something which I have a real hard time getting my head around because I guess coming from a scientific, fairly materialistic background is that I'm not sure if, if I can buy into a spirit world and how I would make sense of that. So if I'm wanting to possibly develop mediumship or look at that possibility, I'm going to have to either set aside my, my natural scepticism about it and see if, okay, well, let's, let's explore the possibilities of spirit world or... It may be a way of thinking about it in a different way. Maybe kind of you could still think about it as being something more psychological and parapsychological, but not necessarily a, a spirit world, which, of course, is also the way in which people often think about ghosts. They think, well, ghosts, if they exist, if they're real, are somehow aware of us interacting with a spirit world. They are spirits that we're seeing walking around. So it's going to require me a kind of real shift in how I think about things. But what I'm willing to do is take that shift and also... To, to, at times, whenever possible, sometimes it's really hard to do it, but let go of the analytical, rational thinking um, to see if, in those moments, cool. can I actually pick up on something which maybe it is psychic, maybe it's intuition, maybe it's something else. Yeah, but you're really looking slightly more at the psychic side of it than the mediumistic side. Uh, well, no, both. I mean, I'm really, you know, as you know, Richard, really interested in, you know, mediums, um, and the possibility that if, you know, are, are any mediums for real? Uh, if so, if some of them are, then are they really doing what they what they claim to be doing or seem to be doing? And again, many mediums, um, big name mediums, will write books and offer courses and workshops and so on to suggest you can develop it. 
Yeah. And that's the kind of test you can then be put forward for for the million dollar challenge. So yes, I'm very wow. happy to, to pursue that. And um, you know, I have been told by some people that maybe I have some kind of mediumistic ability. So maybe I will. You know, who knows? That's what we get to find out. You Can't know, wait. You, you know what's going to be really good, uh, uh, Doctor Smith, is that uh, when you do do this and you get results. You have that other side of you, you're scientific, pretty much like I do. I mean, I have my degree in environmental science, so I'm grounded as far as that. You, you, you look at it and you can judge it scientifically as well. So it's going to be a really good experience for you, I believe. Yes, no, exactly. I think, I think you know, one argument is that I'm in a fairly unique position to bring, bring that side to it. At the same time, that's going to be, that, I think, a challenge initially to find ways of dropping that way of thinking to allow me to have the experiences. So it's kind of like suspending disbelief for a certain period of time and then saving the analysis, if it's needed, for later on. Right. But you can even do that as it's happening. I mean, for instance, if you uh, go in, say you, use, uh, you go into a location and you pick up uh, a name or, or you, you come up with something, then... You, you know, you, you document that. Then you, you look back at it and say, okay, where could I have gotten this information? And, and then you can actually, you know, be skeptic to yourself, which is kind of cool. And, yeah, exactly. and, and you actually may prove to yourself that you do have psychic ability or mediumistic ability. No, yeah, that'd be fantastic if it did. I mean, I'm, I'm going into this project not thinking that it will be something I can all explain away. I, I would much dearly love it to be that in the end I go, wow, you know, there is a whole different way in which if you can see the world and interact with the world that I was completely dismissive of before, or not dismissive of, but far more questioning about and far more sceptical about and be able to really understand it while still recognising um, why sceptics and others may still be un unlikely to take that on board. And maybe it's sort of saying to those folks, if, if it turns out that way, Oh wow! Well, to, to see it this way, you have to, you know, for example, I understand you know, suggesting meditating. You'd have to kind of do things which are settling this rational thinking, logical mind to access another way of thinking. But and again, it's very early days. I'm I'm not sure which way it's going to go. Um, it's a case of you know uh, recording things as they go and see what we can learn and see the kinds of people I can meet on the way. Um, and find out really, you know, what is going on there. You know, how many of these people are for real? Can they actually teach me anything about it? Can I say, can I be psychic myself? And can I then prove it? Can I do experiments, perhaps even the challenge, to determine, you know, is there really something going on here? Yeah, it, I think it's going to be, I mean, who knows, by uh, this time next year we may have you back on the show and we'll have to introduce you as uh, Dr. Uh, with, uh, medium and parapsychologist. Yes. Can you imagine that? Rob? Can you just imagine it? And if and if and if I've taken the challenge and won it, I'll obviously be uh, making this call from my new home in Barbados. People <laughs> <laughs> will do the show there. That sounds even better, huh, Richard? You can all come round. Right. Tonight. Absolutely. Um, I mean, have you, Matthew? Have you? I mean, you obviously know so many people. In in the in the, this business anyway, because you've been you've been working on you've been testing them for years. Have you got any specific, anybody that's sort of helping you? Um, you know, teach, teaching you basically. Um, there's a few people that um, have shown interest. There's nobody kind of officially kind of aligned with the project. So I'm I'm kind of in fact I could use an opportunity to 
put out you know, a request for, for help or guidance. You know, there, say there are a few um, of the big names, um, particularly in the UK, but I'm trying to kind of I'm liaising with various people around the world. I'd like to kind of get the, the best that the world has to offer in terms of yeah. you know, what should I be doing? Or anybody, and if anybody's out there who thinks, well, um, it was great listening to, to Ron's experience there, that, well, you know, you may well be that you just sometimes have to settle the mind and do these things. Some people out there may be psychics themselves or mediums and have some good advice, and here's what you need to do. So I'm open to offers. I'm open to guidance. I really want to learn what's going on here. Yeah. And are you actually doing any, I mean, obviously you already said you're sort of psychic fairs uh, with tarot cards and just taking yourself along to see, um, but are you, are you, are you practicing at home? Are you, you know, sort of, I don't know, meditating or, or, or whatever? Um, I kind of meditate on and off. I need to start, and that's one thing I probably, my, one of my first challenges is to get in some routine with meditation because that seems to be quite important. Um, but just last weekend, um, both Rachel and I, because Rachel would know Rachel, uh, who's my partner, and, and she was also yeah. worked on Most Haunted, so Richard knows Rachel very well. Uh, she's also really interested in this stuff. So both she and I attended a psychic development workshop at the weekend uh, in which we were learning about developing psychic ability and possibility of uh, developing mediumship. Um, and on, on, even on that occasion, um, Rachel had some interesting experiences. I had some experiences that, you know, on the face of it, could have been something psychic going on. Again, my, initially, my more analytical, rational mind starts saying, oh, well, I did say something that seemed to be correct, but is it just coincidence? Was that just lucky? Or was I basing it on something else? So I'm often quite quick to kind of rationalize and try and explain it away. So um, it's a case really now of, of, of doing whatever I can. That's why I'm really looking forward to uh, the event that Richard's organizing uh, next week. It's, it's part mm. of Ghost Fest, is it, or, or linked to Ghost Fest? Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, the Midlands be... Best Medium. Yeah, so you say about it, Richard. There's this great opportunity yeah, to hopefully see, meet and learn from is We've actually got Matthew as one of the judges on uh, the Midlands Best Medium so competition. Well, I have to explain how this is going to work. Yes, I will, indeed. We, we've, we've done the auditions already. We've got ten um, mediums, or sorry, alleged mediums, um, that we, we did interviews with. There was myself and uh, uh, Ian Lawman, who, of course, we had on the show last week, who, who is a medium and exorcist. Um, and we we thought it would be a good idea to do auditions beforehand, just in case we ended up with with with, with ten people that were didn't know what they were doing, just came off the street. So we did these auditions, and I to remember I'm I'm one hell of a skeptic, uh, even though I believe in ghosts. I, I I believe that that I'm not so sure about mediums, as you probably know. Both of you know that, um, and. I was absolutely amazed with some of the stuff. We we had a real problem get, getting getting it down to the ten because we've got some really impressive people. Um, every one of them had a go at psychometry, and that surprised me because I didn't realise that that most mediums believe that they can do psychometry. I thought we'd frighten some of them off, but no, every one of them. Yep, we'll have a go at that. That's not a problem. Some of them w were wrong. One or two got some extremely good results, and we really are in for an extremely good, interesting, possibly stormy night as well. Um, and to have Matthew, who has changed sides, well, changing sides. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I was definitely as a judge, I'm going to be there, you know, thinking, well, any, you know, any of these people doing something which 
we might describe as being evidential, something that, that mm. is, yeah, that, that seems to be evidence of what they claim to be doing. Um, but at the same time, rather than just being there to judge others, as it were, and, and pass comment others, it's there to learn as well. Thinking, right, well, if these people really can do what they say to be, say they're doing, can they teach mm. me? Can they teach me what it is mm, they're exactly. doing? Can I learn from them? So it'd be a fantastic. It really could be. But you see, all of a sudden, the, the, the sort of the sides have, have moved a bit because obviously, we, <laughs> when we started off, there was going to be um, we've got two two mediums, uh, a lady called Linda Lancashire and and uh, Ian Lawman uh, on one side of mediums, and what I believe to be <laughs> two total skeptics on the other, Matthew, Doctor Matthew Smith, and myself. Uh, which is how it should be, and it still will be, obviously. But, uh, like say, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be sceptical, but then hopefully sceptical in the true sense of questioning and mm. wanting to find out, you know, what, what counts as evidence, rather than being sceptical yes. in the way where some people use the term now, which is just debunking and thinking, well, I don't believe it's mm. at all possible, so therefore I'm not going to accept any evidence. Um, and I've never mm. been like I've always been someone who's wanting to really find out are these people for real or not? And the only way of doing that is, is to really listen to them and watch them, try and do research if possible, and on this occasion, try and see if you can learn it yourself, because that's going to be very yeah. compelling evidence, at least for me, if I feel as though I can end up doing some of this stuff. So, uh, so but no, don't worry, don't worry Richard, for at least for next week, I'll still be very, very sceptical. I'll be very questioning of these people who good, claim to be Good scientific. man. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, guys. How, how are you going to rate them? I mean, you have four judges, so that virtually it's, it's not, you know, if you could have a broken two and two along uh, lines of parapsychologists and uh, uh, mediums, how are you rating them? Are you rating them on a point system on each thing they do? I mean, how is this going to work? Yeah, we are, I mean, certainly there are going to be certain questions, set questions that we're going to ask. They're going to perform, if that's the right word, in front of an audience. Uh, and the whole idea is for them to sort of, you know, do it in exactly the same as so many mediums do, uh, you know, on the platform, sort of uh, talking to people, you know, getting, coming to you, sir, you know, there's somebody with you at the moment, and, and she's thank, he's thanking you for the, uh, the, the roses, you know, at the funeral and, and all of the usual stuff. But we're looking for someone that can actually give us, hopefully, some evidence and some genuine evidence that... that that there is something out there. Not only that, that they'll also be obviously going to be asked questions by the judges um, as to their abilities, where they come from, how they did it. Psychometry is going to be part of it as well. Um, and we are, you know, although it's, a, it's obviously they are competitors in a competition, we are genuinely looking to see if we can find someone in the Midlands that proves to all four of us, really, that, that they are a genuine medium, and if they do, then they will be you know, they will get the title and a um, a prize as well of, of the Midlands best medium, and then we'll go on to something bigger. But it's they, going to be extremely interesting. But will they have points? Is what I'm trying to say. In other words, uh, will they pick up some new psychometry and say, okay, we know this, this, and this about this item, and they got like uh, some of it, but yes, not all. Yes, they of will it. get points. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And we have got, we've got one, I mean, obviously not going to give anything out over the radio at all, but we have got a couple of extremely interesting items um, for them on the night, uh, which, which will, you know, blow people's minds. And if anybody gets 
Well, they may, they may well get it. But yes, there will be points, and and they will be scored accordingly to even even down to sort of things like presentation and and, and the, you know the way they come over, uh, even down to confidence. I tell you what, very quickly, one guy uh, who who's got through, um, very very interesting guy, quite new to the to the game, and one of the things he said to me over the phone was, the only thing that bothers me is if I can't pick anything up. That on the night, and that there's nobody with anybody. I said, "Well, I'll be quite honest with you. I would have so much respect for you if you actually said that to us." You see where I'm coming from? Because you know, he may not. He just may not be able to tune in that night. There may be no spirits around that night, and I would respect him for saying it. Well, we're going to have to agree with that. Again, it's it's a sign of someone who at least is genuine in their belief, rather than saying, "Well, I'll stand up here and try some kind of cold reading." Because usually you can stop that when someone's doing that kind of reading. Um, And occasionally you do find mediums who will say, "Well, tonight, you know, I'm not getting anything," Um, and uh, that's why it's 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 no mean feat for them to stand up there, particularly if they're not used to doing it. If these are people who haven't done it regularly, um, Mm -hmm. to give give performance on the night. So I think we are in for a a very unusual and unique evening, and the fact you say you will find at least one indeed. or more people who will provide what appears to be very strong evidence. Yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious, Matthew, that if 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 the people come up and say I'm getting nothing tonight at all, um, although we'd have great respect for them, I can. Can't see them actually winning the competition. No, no, exactly. Um, so if all ten do that, then we're going to be a bit stuffed. But um, I well, think exactly. It's, then that might be it. Then, then we say there's nobody with anybody in the audience. There's no ghosts in here. And that sort of thing never seems to happen on TV, does it? No, but then hopefully <laughs> we've got if there's at least ten there, and um, you know, there's plenty of mediums who work in the various spiritualist churches who should be regularly doing it, and you know, we'll we'll probably get some kind of information and we'll be able to give reading it's like you say it's when any of those tend to be more than just the, the kind of vague readings that you sometimes see um but at least from your experience with the auditions it sounds like there should be at least a few there if not everybody well, we have got people from the church yeah quite remarkable yeah we've got amateurs we've got professionals we've got someone that's already appeared on tv um we have a really good really good mix of of, of ten ten but, you know, people, potential mediums. And I'm very excited about the whole thing. I'm really looking forward to it. And tickets are available, by the way, <laughs> at uh, www.darbyjail.com. Oh, that, Just got that in, wrong. No, that's excellent. And we should, uh, we should definitely have the winner of this contest on the show. We will indeed. I, I think it's yeah. a great idea. And, and you know what? Maybe, absolutely right. Maybe have... Uh, Matthew and Ian, so that we can get, like, you know, why they picked and, and why they didn't pick other people and so forth. That is such a good idea. I now know why you are where you are in the world, Rob. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're in New England, aren't you? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really good. Really excited by the whole uh, thing. So, uh, we're running out of time, so if anybody wants to call in and ask a, a question, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us in the TojiNet or Pararex chat room. I have a, actually a question for uh, Matthew. This goes back to most haunted. Now, when he worked with some of the A-list uh, mediums like Derek Akor and... Uh, 
um, doing well. I mean, yeah. what did he think? I mean, was he just like all poo-poo that it, they were, you know, not real? He was very hard on them, weren't you, Matthew? Say again, Richard? You were very hard on them, weren't you? Very hard on them. Um, although I don't think it was actually um, that difficult to be sceptical on the show because I think much of what we tended to see, particularly on the live shows, which is what I was most involved with, um, there was never much happening from the mediums I thought was particularly evidential. And, and, and I think the difficulty is um, when you're doing investigations of known places which are supposed to have a history of being haunted is that when you involve a medium to come and try and pick up information, they're kind of on a hiding to nothing. So either they come up with information which you can verify, but it's probably in the public mm. domain. So who's to say they weren't able to get it from the internet or some other book beforehand? Or the guidebook. Or they then come up with information which is not easy to verify, if not impossible to verify, and therefore you think, well, hold on a minute, you could just be making it up. So it's actually quite hard for people in that position. So, yeah, I, was, I tend to be quite sceptical and quite critical um, because on that show in particular, I felt as though there wasn't really very rarely anything where you think, okay, well, that could on the face, you know, could, could potentially be something paranormal. I think much of the time it was relatively easy to suggest other kinds of explanations. Yeah. And very much for entertainment purposes, I, I of course. I hate to say this, but it's time to say goodbye to Mr. Uh, Dr. Matthew Smith. Good night. Thank you very much, or good afternoon. Cheers, Matthew. Anyway. Look forward to seeing you next week. And you, see you next week, yes. Website. Matthew, your website. Oh, well, uh, I do write a blog at spiritualjunkie.co.uk. So it has got some descriptions there of my recent uh, foray into the psychic fair. So we're about to read there more about how I get on with my uh, psychic development. Oh, actually, you want to hold on a second? We did just get a call. Let's see. uh... I guess I'll take it. Hello, Carl, are you there? Hello? Hello? Oh, we lost him. Paranormal, Ron. The voice from the other side, I think. Okay. So, anyways, Matthew, uh, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you in the future. Thank you. Yep, bye now. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, How's about that, Ron? Uh, I do want, that was pretty interesting, but uh, I do want to mention something, and I know we're just about out of time. Tomorrow night uh, at 7 o'clock, we will be having a special anniversary edition of Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet and Pararex, and it's going to be two hours long. I will be with uh, Jeff Belanger from Ghost Village because it is also the 10th anniversary of Ghost Village. It's the anniversary of... Um, Ghost Chronicles, and it's also our 100th podcast podcast for Ghost Chronicles. So uh, we'll be doing a two-hour special tomorrow. Uh, we expect to have all different uh, guests, and they can drop in and say hello. Can I come? Absolutely. Just call in. And, I'll do that. Uh, you can join us. I'd love to. But anyway... It's also Trafalgar Day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Uh, I am going to do a show, and uh, I talked about this on Saturday with someone. There are paranormal underwater archaeologists. I, I want to find out. About oh, that's, now that really is interesting. I need to know more about that. Can you imagine going to the Titanic? I know. Simply amazing. Simply amazing. But there oh, are, let's go into it, Ron. There are people who, who 
uh, say they can do this. I don't see how they could. And if I was a ghost, I don't know why I would be on the bottom of the ocean. But No, but that's really interesting. I mean, well, I'll talk to you a little bit more about my water tape theory in the future. Might be something to do with that. Right. You're running out of time. So uh, you have an event this weekend and Halloween once you go over your event. Me, I've got all sorts of things happening at the weekend. We've got the Ghost Fest next week. We've got a, a big uh, paranormal event at uh, uh, the Midland Hotel, which is uh, where Queen Victoria stayed twice on Saturday night. Um, lots and lots and lots of ghost walks next week. Right. Uh, a very busy week. Time to say goodnight. God bless. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.